Welcome back to Speak for Yourself, Moron, with Chris. No, I can't say. Welcome back to Speak for Yourself, Moron, with Jay, Nick, and Chris. Speak for Yourself, Moron. Today we're talking about the Jimmy Eat World from Mesa, Arizona. We're going to jump into some of their best albums that they've written, and we're going to talk about some great times we've had while listening to them, seeing them live, and just talking about them. Something like that. Right. I, think you nailed, I think you nailed it. It's usable. You guys ready to start this one? I'm ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like to welcome everybody in back to the Real Deal podcast. Uh, speak for yourself, moron, with myself, Chris, Jay, and Nick. Hello. Uh, definitely uh, wanted to thank uh, everyone that that has uh, been sending us great messages, and uh, we appreciate your feedback. <laughs> Uh, but today we're going to be talking about Jimmy Eat World. Did I say that right? Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy you Eat said world, world pretty good. Yeah. I've been taking lessons. Trying to... Rosin, can we turn you up? Yeah, let's try to turn me up. Any better or worse? Better the same. or worse? The same. The same. Yeah, so we got the feedback that everybody hated the drops. They didn't sound good. And then Nick found a way to make it work on this episode. So is it fantastic. True that if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> the volume is still like hit or miss, but we'll get better. So why don't you back the shit off, all right? Oh, it's Michael Scott. All right, so we, we were supposed to we were gonna do an episode about our favorite bands, and then me and me and Rosin both picked Jimmy Eat World as one of our top three favorite bands and then nick's like well let's just do a jimmy world episode so since rosin can't say the world word world we just <laughs> we'll do jimmy Eat world i was d- diving into the discography today and i realized that i didn't give every album as fair of a shake so it's kind of funny that i call them one of my favorite bands when uh skipping over a few of their few of their albums but Definitely one of like my favorite rock bands. Um, I think the the album Clarity specifically might be my favorite album ever made. Um, Clarity is great. I think it's one of my favorite. Like from like when I go back to stuff I listened to in high school, it holds up. It's just so good. Yeah, I don't think it ever gets old. So. I play it when we have Thanksgiving at our house with the family. I'll I'll rock clarity for Thanksgiving. It's like uh I don't know, it's not super it's a rock album, but it's not super aggressive or anything. A lot of it is is very uh peaceful. But I don't know, when I think of Jimmy at World, I think of Clarity and then just kind of getting ready for this episode. You know, they got ten albums. Um surviving came out in 2019 so like the band's almost 30 years old and they're still doing stuff that's that's cool and good so i mean 
I don't know if they're like the next generation Aerosmith, if Jim Atkins is going to be like the 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 next uh, coach or judge for American Idol. Maybe. It's definitely like a no for me, dog. <laughs> but yeah, and Surviving came out in 2019, which I could have swore it was last year, but just with this shit show of a year, I think every, we just teleported from 2019 to 2021. What's the cover of Surviving? Is it the peacock? No, no so that's it's orange with like it's kind of squiggly uh the maze a, on it. There's oh. a name for that. I didn't like listen to Survive. Like I didn't really listen to anything beyond Futures. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was. I except for I did listen to Invented, but I was talking to Rosin and like Chase This Light is good. So that's one's from 2007-2008. Um Invented was 2009-2012. Damage 2013, Integrity Blues 2016 and then Surviving was the most recent one where they did that weird ass video where Jim had all the makeup on. Wow, I never saw that either. He, he's like see. a uh, he's like a superhero villain kind of. Oh, the song five five five. I don't like the that video. So like when the album came out, I remember that video. It's I don't know. I've always been scared of aliens. So, yeah. Me too. It's kind of fire cool. in the sky. Jim Atkins is super weird looking in that video. Remember when we were supposed to watch Fire in the Sky? And oh, yeah. Razin decided to hang out with his girlfriend instead, and we got really mad at him, and we put shaving cream all over his mattress. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think we also, um, I think we also printed out pictures from from gentlemen's magazines. <laughs> we sure did. Yeah. So, so I don't know how much of that um, the editors left on the cl- clipping room floor there, but um, a lot of it. <laughs> we edited it out a lot because we were teenagers and we were mean and uh we don't want to talk about how we used to be so so jimmy rolled um i remember showing jason uh the album clarity uh we were freshmen in high school in 1998 and when i showed him the album we we were still kind of trying to understand it and process it. Um, but it wasn't for like a full year and a half later until we really understood it and, and really enjoyed each one of the songs. Um, and then I think we kind of went back in time and, and kind of got into Static Prevails and their earlier uh, self-titled or, or what is it? The, I think German and I were talking. It's like their B-Sides collection with, I don't know if it's Christmas card or, some of those like rough demos that they had put out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the white album cover with like the record, the seven inches on the CD. Right. Well, the like, CD is seven... white with the seven inches on it, but the cover is like a marquee, right? Right, right. It's uh, yeah. from the Bluebird, or is that um, that might be a Get Up Kids? Well, I, I can't remember if it's the Bluebird Theater, but so, somewhere in the Midwest, I think it was one of those concert theaters. But yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, you and me were we were friends in like middle school, and I think that we we pretty much listened to Clarity since we started being friends for the most part. Like I remember, we hung out all the time, listened to that album all the time. It was like a part of our friendship. It was like our third third best friend. Do you remember not understanding it when you first when you first 
listened to it and, and kind of like, wait, what are you, what are you showing me? I, you guys, did you guys like ever cry together listening to Jimmy and World? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe I remember. I, I remember playing Nintendo sixty four and and listening to it. Um, whole lot of whole lot of James Bond gold now. What a great at game! Jay, at Jay's wedding, there was "For Me This Is Heaven," and uh, as one of the songs, like a slow dance song. And I remember crying a lot at Jay's wedding because it was emotional. <laughs> yeah, so. we all remember that you cried a lot at Jay's wedding. So, you, like so. ran to the bathroom and cried. It was and a momentous, momentous occasion. Well, our great. friend Josh had to come and pick you up, basically. He sh- yeah, he showed me Key and Peel to cheer me up. And it- Jack Marius Tech Theratrix, Michigan State University. It worked. The MVP of the world saved the day. STV. Oh, yeah. But no, but you- I mean... Yeah, go ahead. Do you remember not? Do you remember how we? So we went from listening to, we went from Bush into punk rock music with like almost every one of those punkorama bands, MXPX, Blink One Eighty Two, and then I was like, wait, JJ, check this out. It's, it's Jimmy Eat World. Um, just just listen <laughs> to it. It's cool. And you're like, I don't know, man. It's weird. And remember, it, it took like it took like five months of us kind of like delving into this album to figure out what it was all about i think the you first know, track what the first track that you said you had listened slow. to was yeah, no, how I'm long lucky. would it take me yeah to, to walk, walk across, across the united, united states, states. All you might be right yeah i mean i guess i mean that was a long time ago what was that it was like 20 years ago but so so when you when you flip on you flip on clarity it opens you up flip it off Flip it off. Yeah, I remember the opener. Flip, flip the opener on. was great. I liked the opener right off the bat. The table but, and glasses. Table for glasses. Yeah. There's table no for, kick drum in that song for like it, I think the whole thing. It might be one of the slowest songs you'll ever hear. I don't know about that, but it's a <laughs> it's a slow starter, I guess. That song sounds so nice though. What what's what's the timing of that song, German? Do you have any idea? A good timing. <laughs> I, I really like the ride symbol. It's just the drum sound nice on it, but I don't think there's a kick drum in the whole song. It's just snare and ride symbol. Like that's it. No bass drum? Nothing? Yeah, I don't think there's a bass. Maybe like later in the song when it kicks up, but I feel like that's something I remember is there's not a kick drum in the whole song. I might be wrong, but in my memory, I think that's why. I, I thought it was unique. Love to to check that out. As you as you dive into that album more, like you know, it goes straight from from Table for the Glasses to their number one single of Lucky Denver Man. And that song's interesting because it's super catchy, super hooky. And it was, you know, featured on I think one or two soundtracks. The the main one was Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. And this is, you know, it's on Capitol. But there's still, you know, you're not you're hearing the song on college radio stations, but you're not hearing it on the mainstream. It wasn't they didn't have any commercial success, really, yeah. uh, as a whole. You weren't hearing it on the, your local radio stations. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, this album like wasn't a success. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, right. For, this was their last record for Capital, and that's why like, yeah. they just recorded Bleed American without having a label and hoping someone would put it out. See, I didn't know that either because I remember like that's what that one song is about. Isn't like yeah. the middle about that or 
um kind of not knowing where to go yeah they're like let's just yeah. make a record and it'll be all right it'll be all right and it was it was their biggest one just it just takes some time yeah so i didn't know so they they did they did bleed american basically out of pocket mark chambino worked for free and yeah then, right and then um when did Bleed American go, and be, go back to being called Bleed American? Remember? Because 9-11 happened, and then they just made it the self-title, but now it's Bleed American again. Yeah, I think they just had maybe 10 years of sensitivity for that. Yeah. I was thinking about that today. Like, when did they say, okay, let's, you know, call it what it was? So it was like, it went from Bleed American before September 11th happened. Then they yeah. were like, okay, we better, maybe we should take a step back from that. So that became self-titled. And then eventually they already had like what three self-titled albums and then just and then it went back to just bleed, like being called bleed american like even yeah. on the cover now it says bleed american if you buy if it was called a, bleed a newer canadian, copy of it if it was called bleed canadian do you think it'd be politically correct and mentally erect i'm doing everything i can to do to deserve the best what are the lyrics to that phoenix tx <laughs> Bleed Canadian doesn't sound as good as Bleed American. There's something with like the linguistics of Canadian Bleed versus Amer America. Yeah. So, but Bleed American was so that was the first like that was the album that we were actually there for the release of. I remember somehow that got leaked too. I don't know if they leaked it themselves earlier. Like that was like yeah, it might have been the Napster thing because I remember. Uh, I remember our buddy came over and he had it and he's like, dude, you got to check it out. It's not even out yet. And I remember. Yeah, it was. it's probably because it was going around because they were probably shopping it to labels. So it was probably all over, you know, people's computers and somebody leaked it like that. And then the copy that we had was actually different. The one that we listened to was different than the actual release. And I remember yeah. I just had I had like the, the bad CD for a while before I actually bought it. <laughs> it had different versions. Um, Napster, yeah, Napster actually was huge for me discovering this band and getting to know um some of their unreleased songs they were softer and roller queen and um uh, i think they had probably three or four versions of sweetness um yeah i one remember of the, hearing a lot of different versions of sweetness one of the sweetness versions i always liked which i can't even find it but it had a nylon string guitar solo um in, in the bridge or whatever and i thought, I thought that was super cool um but yeah yeah blink uh excuse me uh when bleed american finally um was released in what 2004 2001 2001 yeah, we were, uh, yeah it was like going into my senior year of high school because i remember yeah. like summer was ending and i saw the bleed american video on like mtv2 and i was like oh my god because i was already into clarity but i was like jimmy world is kind of going for it <laughs> Because that video is sweet. It's just like live clips of, of them playing and it's super intense song. Yeah. So I was pumped. And then, you know, I liked the record, but I was still like, you guys, Clarity is way better. And all my friends disagreed. They're like, no, Bleed America. Yeah. So that's how I felt about it too. Like Futures, like everybody, I actually, I listened to it today. I listened it to is, Futures again today too, most of well, the day. No, I listened to Bleed American today and I it's, it's way to better, it. way better than I remember. Because yeah, I, I totally agree. Bleed American is definitely better than what I recall it being. Yeah, because I remember it just being kind of like, maybe I was expecting Clarity and it's just a straight rock album. So, right, so yeah. like maybe, I mean, there's, there's definitely some slower tunes on there, but 
wasn't what I was expecting, but going back to it now, I, I get why it blew up. And I also have more respect for it too, kind of knowing that they paid out of pocket and it wasn't just like this super produced album. Like it was, it was all them. They did it, you know, and everything that you read about Jimmy at world, they toured hard to get their name out there. I mean, they did their best to promote themselves through. Yeah, I mean, they were just like a real band that can't, you know, it's not, you know, they got on a big label, but they were just like with the rest of all those emo bands going on tour all the time. Did you know so for did, did oh, you yeah. know all all bands hate being called emo bands too? I wish that well, wish whatever. That, it's twenty twenty one, so I know. But isn't that kind of a bummer that our genre of music that we really like has such a controversial? I don't think about it anymore. Like I'm not even worried about it anymore because I'm well, too old me. to care. Okay, got it. I'll get over it. Get, yeah, because we've get, lived get with like that it. thing for like I don't like even when you hear dudes in interviews and they're like, oh, uh, I don't know about emo, uh, and it's like, dude, that's what people have called your music for since you started as a band. So like, just accept it that that's what it's called. Like when someone you, called music rock music, do you think they're like, oh, I don't know about calling it calling it rock music? Mm. But if you uh, if you Google like emo bands usually you just end up seeing like panic at the disco and fall out boy yeah well and yeah we talked about that before it's that's all bullshit did we okay <laughs> yeah it's, so, been a, it's been a while you gotta get so that drop so the bleed we need american a, we need a, uh, deny so the bleed american Oops, album my anarchy symbol is it's kind of interesting because it's up to speed. as far as like a a, a sellout album or just throwing everything out there. This was kind of that album. You got the the middle music video where you got all these just beautiful women, and I don't even know if there's other men in the video, but it was just they're basically yeah, there dudes like a, in the video because like it followed the one dude who was like nervous about having to go in his underwear to a party, and then he found a just, girl who felt the same way. Like that was but, the, the storyline in the video. But just all like the most beautiful people at a party in lingerie or underwear. I'm um, next to like a poolside with Jimmy Earl playing in the middle, and they're just like um, sweating it out, the dudes. Yeah, I mean, to me, that was like a little over the top for this band that came out of of, of Arizona. It's just like, like just four dudes, right? Just like, just like any other band, like Promise Ring, uh, Jazz Dune. You know, they, they they it was like a total separation. They they yeah they. I mean, I'm not calling them sellouts, but it was like at this time they were with dreamworks and you know they had a song with the out cold soundtrack um you know <laughs> rosin knows every soundtrack they've been on yeah right, on, right. Uh, just been kissed uh out cold uh, so they got they have bleed america bleed american as their like number one single i think starting out then i think a praise chorus and then i think the middle came after am i wrong I know Bleed American was the first single from right. what I but then, recall. But then eventually, yeah, the middle would take over to be like, like they're just all time yeah, just mega, like mega song launch ever. song. I'd be great to never hear that song again. I mean, I love Jimmy at World, but I I never really liked the middle and having to hear it six million times over the last right. 30 years also. Um, yeah. I'm totally over it. Yeah, I, I remember, remember listening to like there was a cover band that uh alan had 
a, showed me a cover band playing a version of the middle and the drummer didn't do that little roll like the <laughs> and me and him just sat there while we were drinking and laughed at it the whole time i don't know not a good story but i remember laughing with alan that we're like look the, the drummer doesn't even do it he just stops it's ridiculous and we thought it was so funny but it's not a good story so moving on it's great they re they they redid uh the title in 2008 so they they gave it seven years before okay they brought it back to bleed american in 2008 for uh for the middle taylor swift um came out with an acoustic guitar she wears short skirts i wear t-shirts she's cheer captain and i'm on the bleachers and then brought jim atkins out i believe and they were singing together and Wait, like, is this a real thing? This is a real thing at, uh, at one of our concerts in Arizona. Yeah, like super cheesy and everything. But no, it's just I'm just kind of trying to tell, like, everything touches everything touches. Uh, I'm sorry, everything that Taylor Swift touches turns into gold, right? So that actually made them a ton of more money, without a doubt. Like, like right. the, but the wherever, middle was already their yeah, biggest song, probably. Wherever, that. yeah, wherever the middle was on like Spotify and just the the global ratings of, of iTunes and such. I mean, it definitely put him in another stratosphere. I'm pretty sure it's just everyone knowing that song. And, and a lot of times I'll, I'll be like, I'll, like, yeah, I, I like this band called Jimmy Eat Roll. They're like, who's that? They're like, you know, the song, you know, the middle. And then they're like, I don't know what that is. Then you say, it just takes some time. They're like, oh, yeah, I know that song. It's great. I just go, if you're listening, whoa. <laughs> and then our people are like, wait, what? And then I go, never it, mind. I remember telling people... I remember telling yep. people that my favorite band was uh, Jimmy Eat World, and they're like, "Really? Like, really?" And I think it's just because all they know is is the singles from Bleed American, and I think that kind of sucks because uh, there's way like Clarity is so much better than Bleed so American. Good. Man, yeah. I remember sitting in my bedroom as a teenager and just listening to Clarity multiple days in a row after school, and I I love just watch the fireworks and. I'd, cry every time it, you you know how you get chills up your spine when you hear a good song that still does that to me today like i got a new stereo and i put on clarity and listen to just just watch the fireworks and cried again like just like a couple months ago i think you got a good drop for that right there yeah i was crying take you live just a month ago Let me take you live to yeah. I, no, we're gonna cut I, to a clip of me uh, listening to "Just Watch the Fireworks" back in high school. Um, I recorded it. No, mom. Um, I'm just gonna listen to the song. I'll be down to dinner in about seven minutes. Here, you can be anything, anything that scares you. Okay, we're back. Right. We're back. Yeah, I think, so, yeah, I think the interesting thing about Clarity, um, it, it, it's a perfect album, right? It's got 13 tracks, start to finish, it's just lights out. Um, and one of the things that I've always done when I go to like a record store or I'm shopping for new music, 
is I'm always looking for the next perfect album that's comparable to Clarity. And I, I so far I haven't really been able to find it. Um, couple you judge of, you judge every single album against Clarity. Is that what you're I do? It's it's pretty. It's I don't pretty believe Boxer statement. by the National since you love the National. I think Boxer is almost perfect. Yeah, I, I would say I really I really enjoy that record quite a bit. I like High Violet by them too. But uh, yeah, sorry. Okay, your second no, just, band, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. But no, um, when you when you meet other musicians or when you meet people that just enjoy music the same way you do, and you bring up clarity, um, you know, seems like whatever circle you walk through, people. Yeah, I've really never res- brought up. Yeah, sorry, I've never brought clarity up, and somebody was like, "That shit sucks." Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're always like, "Oh yeah, that's great." Yeah, so it's cool. There's this. There's a respect to that album that everyone kind of appreciates. Um, you know, some people will debate like, "Oh, I like Static Prevails better," and you're like, "Yeah, that's cool." Um, or some people will be like, "You know what? You suck." Or, you know, you know something? You suck. Right? But yeah, um, I think there's a. I think so why don't that, you back the shit off? All right. I think there is an argument to be made that Futures is better than Clarity. Not my personal opinion, but I've heard the argument be made. Yeah, I listen to Futures today, and that's way off base. You think so? In my opinion, yeah, Clarity is like. I don't know. Futures is pretty good. So that that one was 2000, 2004. That was when we were rooming together in college. I think I I didn't listen to Futures until you picked me up, Jay, in your red truck that you had with the subwoofer. And we were driving around Ipsy and you're like, yeah, this is the new Jimmy World record. And I was like, I don't really care. And then you played it. And I remember it it definitely uh, it gave me. I don't know what songs there were, but it gave me like uh goosebumps for sure so i liked futures back in the day but i didn't listen to it a lot i remember that moment and was being like really i gotta pay attention to jimmy world again and but i didn't remember ah. yeah those uh those crazy college relationships you have with all the ups and downs so futures futures was, was good for that it was good for like uh sort of being bummed out or just like going through a fight or whatever. <laughs> yeah, college is tough. It's real. Uh, I like how there's like a little like string in the background. While yeah. that's going on. I never noticed it. I think Futures parallels clarity um, quite a bit. Um, there's, there's definitely, there's a flow to it, right? Um, you know, I think and they have like that, those they have those classic Jimmy World tracks on Futures where it's that rhythm, like yeah, right. It sounds it's yeah. it sounds like Kill, right? Isn't that the song? Yeah, yeah, and that sounds like the first track off of Static Prevails, and then there's tracks that sound like that on Clarity and Bleed American. They just have like that same Jimmy World rhythm. What would you call that rhythm? Like what? Because it's funny because. That's what makes Jimmy World so damn good. They they have there's two or three distinct chords that they use in almost every one of their songs. Most of it's D, like almost every one of their songs has D in it. But there's this rhythmic thing that they do. Um, not to ever compare Jimmy World to Everclear, but obviously Everclear had that that thing going on. But Jimmy World definitely has that rhythm. Um, Santa Monica is such a good song. <laughs> it is a good song. Um, so I guess we just did it. We, we compared Jimmy Earl to Everclear. Sorry. Sorry, Jim and Tom and Rick. 
and Zach. But yeah, um, what would you call that, Nick? Like, like as a as a drummer or someone of, that plays <laughs> percussion. I don't know. I just play no. drums. I don't really know technical stuff right. about it. I just play. We're not we're not music theorists, Rosin. Yeah, just no, play. I didn't get into music to talk about the theory, bro. I'm just no. I'm just trying to figure out. Why don't you go to <laughs> uni for that, bro? Why do we like <laughs> go to go back to uni? Go back oh, to no, uni. Why, why do we like what we like? Like, what's what's special about Jimmy Roll? Or what's when everybody hears it? What makes what makes them sound like, like that's it? That that's the sound well, we like. Well, I mean, it's a lot, whole lot of Jim Atkins, which which is funny. Did you totally know Jim, agree? Jim Jimmy Eat World. Jim Atkins is not the Jimmy, as far as what Rosin told me this title. today when we were having lunch. I thought yeah. it yeah. was Jimmy's brother said he was fat or something and drew a picture of him eating eating the world, but that's not true. Not true. It was uh, I think it was Rick's brother has a brother, Rick's- Jim, and a brother, another brother. I don't know, I, and it was the brothers fighting and for whatever reason they named the band after a photo a picture that he drew so you were close but it's just not jim atkins he just happens to be a different jim i say look there's so many songs where like there's so all right if i'm listening to like if i'm listening to futures and jim atkins isn't singing i don't want to hear it because there's something about like those songs could be so cheesy if it wasn't for how earnest and like compelling and like honest jim adkin delivers his vocals there's yeah, something about his voice he, that you believe everything he's doing like you he, it really makes the band believable and you're like oh these guys are all in like i don't jim, know what jim, it is but i believe jim that Atkins, guy. he tells a story and his eight words that he delivers when he's when he's singing in the verse or the chorus and you're like yeah i get it and i feel that like exact same way and he he puts he puts the person that's the listener he, he puts him right in his shoes, which I, I, I just don't think that every every songwriter uh, in the past 20 years has been able to do, right? I mean, they're not just... Um, he doesn't just write pop songs. He's not... I mean, with an exception to the middle that has caught on with society, um, you know, he writes catchy songs, but there's a story in every one that, that's, you know, like... And they can mean many different things, which I think is super cool. Oh yeah, Jim's great. Yeah, he yeah. Well, yeah, I I don't know I don't know how to explain in words what you're what you're looking for, Rosin. But it's just I mean it's just the the guitar style. It's it's you can hear it throughout their whole discography, you know. So but. so Jim Atkins is actually the lead guitar player of Jimmy Eat World. Did you guys know that? Isn't that funny? Is that why there's no vocals during solos? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe we should challenge him to to sing over a solo wait let's time. get a real laugh for that hold on is that why there's no vocals during solos <laughs> yeah jay, jay hates it he just wants to go to bed Why don't you guys tell me some like real I just I don't want to talk about like what Jimmy World does. I want to talk about like your relations to Jimmy World, like personal experiences. Yeah. Some emotional shit that you guys got from Jimmy World experiences. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't I want to hear like right. uh, real personal stories tied to Jimmy World's music from you guys. I don't care yeah. if, like let me let me take you to uh stuff. I'm gonna take you to the year two thousand. 
I'm going to take you back. Bring us up. So you're, you're 2000. We're at the Magic Stick in Detroit. Um, I'm underage, um, so I got to get got the black axes on my hands. Um, got lucky enough to sneak for in. For my or, friends. Or basically, for my family. Forever. <laughs> but I got into the Magic Stick to go see Jimmy Rolled, and, and Jebediah opened up for them. So it was on that tour that they were doing the uh, the Jebediah, Jimmy. Not Sabado, but Jebediah. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. But uh, and the, the, the best song off that album, I thought, was No Sensitivity. Remember that one? I don't know any Jebediah songs. No, no, that, that's a Jimmy. That's a Jimmy. Oh, sorry. yeah. It's, Dude, you don't know. Like, you don't know Jebediah. They had they had some good tracks for sure. Yeah. So that yeah, Jebediah is from Australia. But anyways, so we we are you know first time seeing Jimmy. Not really sure what to expect. They come out. I think they open up with a Static Avail song, and then they jump into. Um, I know at one point they played Bleed American, which was the first time like. At that point, I thought it sounded like Metallica because I've never heard Jimmy play anything that heavy. I was like, this is intense. I was like, it sounds like keep on the black album by Metallica. Oh, my God. And uh, so that was cool. It was, it was just the first time hearing Bleed American Live. Um, but they played your, your new aesthetic. And when they played that song, everyone was jumping on the second floor of the Magic Stick. You feel and the floor, like it feels like the, it's going to cave in. Yeah. And, and you could feel that wood was just bending and you thought it was just going to break and cave right through. And you could feel the bend. Bend was like a bend of like two feet, like for sure. Uh, every every time, you know, the crowd jumped, you could, you could just feel it. Like, and, and at that point, I, I thought to myself, I was like, dude, if the floor goes out and something, you know, tragic happens, I'm going to die happy right now. Because I was like, this is just, I was like, I'm, I'm in pure like bliss or peace. Um, you know, seeing one of my favorite bands, you know, do their thing and, and, and play your aesthetic from Clarity. So, I mean, that was one of the best experiences I had um, with Jimmy Rolt. Um, I've got to meet. I know from experience, dude. I've got to meet the guys in the band probably seven, eight times, and they've always been super gracious with their with their time. Um, usually, get a guitar pick from the guys, and they've been just super cool about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously. They've been one of my favorite bands since what 90, 99, 98. Um, so it's been it's been fun and, and, and we'll see what else you know, it's we'll see fun. what else we'll see what else they uh that they have planned uh you know next. <laughs> what if you saw it like the next time you see Jim Atkinsey walk up to him after a show? Hey Jim, it's it's been fun. It's been fun. He'd probably be like, Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> uh been a fan since uh ninety nine. It's been fun. Nick, why did you stop listening to them after Futures? Why didn't you listen to any of the other stuff? Uh, they just didn't. It, I don't know. It, I, I, uh, there's a lot of bands I used to love that I just kind of didn't care to keep going on the journey with them. Because um, Futures was like, I'm, I was, I liked it, but I'm, I was like, I'm not going to buy this. And then I kind of stopped after that, but. I loved Clarity and still do to this day. I really liked Bleed American, um, but I was kind of out after that. I didn't listen to Chase the Light. Um, yeah, I didn't even listen to that until either. like today. I did, and I know I've heard some of the some of the songs. Um, I mean, they they were kind of. Do uh, you think it's dumb that when they got bigger, I had less interest in them because they were more commercial? 
Yeah, that might have been it for me too, because I yeah. was kind of a dick with stuff like that. Like, yeah. It's kind of stupid now that we're older to think that way, but yeah, now I don't live like that at all. I just listen to anything I like. I don't care. You know, but I think, for, I think we're all me, guilty I, of it. For me, yeah, I for actually sure. I was like I was in college for a little bit longer than you guys. You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. So when Taste of Flight came out, <laughs> I uh, actually I got to go down to Chicago for the first time, and I saw Jamie roll on the tour for Chase of Slate, and it was great. It was at the Riviera, um, and it was it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but I like that album a lot. I think there's probably eight songs that I I can relate very very well to. And um, for me, I mean, I like when I think about Jimmy Rolder, I go to Spotify. Chase and Slice is actually one of the albums that I always revisit or always I, I love driving around to it. Is um, that the Peacock cover that I'm trying it, to pin uh, down? It's, yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. It's right. like the feather, Peacock feather. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I went to the location they shot the big casino uh, music video. Yeah, just recently, right? Yeah, in just Vegas. Recently. I was in there. I was sending you guys pictures, and Rosin's like, "Dude, that's the big. That's where they shot the video for the big casino." So if you watch that video, it's super cool. They're just like in the desert with a bunch of uh, old Las Vegas signs, and it turns out there's a place that you can go and and just kind of walk around and see them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure that that was exactly it, but it looked just like the video. So, I mean, how many places like that? Right. Maybe there's. Like, more I don't know. Maybe they're storing neon signs all around the southwest for uh for the big big casino lyrics doesn't he say play my play my little hand in something big or is that what he says yeah my little part in something big i think that's kind of cool what about the song on bleed american when he says i don't see my ps2 do you think they're trying to sell playstation 2s does he really say i don't see my ps2 what what song is it? Tonight, I don't see my PS2. I don't think he says that. I know, what but it he, sounds like to me like he says, I don't see my PS2. What is he really talking about? I don't know. I oh. just liked... That's an authority song? Yeah, yeah, authorities. I play authority song. Dude, the authority song, it's so funny that he... Jim Atkins, we already talked about this before, but... Because he, he loves, loves like, John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. loves he loves giving some shout outs to just some stuff that influences him, which is pretty natural but pretty awesome. He loves the boss too. Yeah, how can you not? I I'm not a big fan. Whoa. Cougar is don't they say Cougar Mellencamp is like uh the poor man's Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> I love Little Pink Houses. That song is so good to me. I love the How's music that- video, he's kicking rocks and rocking his guitar. How's that go? Little pink houses for you and me. Oh, yeah, for you and me. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> Not a Jimmy at World song? No, that's Not a Jimmy John Cougar Mellencamp, Little Pink House. Oh, got it. Yeah, I feel like Jim Atkins in, in German would, would really have a lot to talk about in the music department. I'm going to go on his podcast, pa- Passing Lines or whatever it is, Frequencies of Passing. Or what's his podcast called? Passing passing Through Frequencies? Is that is that it? Through Frequencies? I don't know. I listened to a few episodes. Yeah, I listened to all of them. They're awesome. Really he's good. such a positive guy. Yeah, he's just... It seems. Good for him. It seems like everything that he does is pretty well thought out. Like, everything. From like the way he gets dressed in the morning to like what like his 
plan for the next time. No, it's for real. Like, like that's just like. Hey, that's... Jim, uh, after the, you've been a fan since 99. It's been a great ride. Um, <laughs> also, really love the way you dress, the way you do your hair. You know what I mean, though? Like, just like everything is very like, like for their next album, they would have a plan and just, he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And yeah, it's, it's thought it's out either, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, still, yeah, uh, you you saw him a bunch of times. Do you remember Jim not being very good live? Like I remember, I've seen him, I've seen them lots of times, and I remember over the years, his performance has hasn't always been like the studio quality. Like you know, he definitely got better at singing, but yeah, yeah, I, I think I think I think I've seen him about nine times, and I think. I think the man sweats more than most men sweat, which is fantastic. But um, <laughs> it's fantastic that he sweats. It's dude. It's just everybody does. Just awesome. Um, guitar wise, I mean, I'd say maybe, maybe, probably eighty, ninety percent great guitar work. Uh, vocally, I don't know. I I don't know if I ever heard him like be off key or. I, I thought he's been pretty pretty solid. Um, but I, I think the guy on stage, as far as a performer goes, he gives about 130% up there, which is, I mean, yeah, again, he, the guy is like so committed, you can't not enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, like he takes over the stage, like Tom, Tom's over there inside. He rocks out pretty hard. Rick's a little bit more chill. Zach's over there banging on the drums, but Jim, like he goes nuts, man. He's just all over the place with the, uh, I like the know, way let, Tom strums his guitar. His strumming yeah, hand cool. is like how quick it is sometimes. Didn't we? Right. Like just watching that live was cool. I remember that. Right. I, I've been rocking uh, SGs, right? He rocks the SG. Yeah, he plays an SG, and then he uh, Tom also plays this really strange looking Gibson. Oh my God, what is it called? Well, I don't want to talk about gear. Sorry, brother. Right. We're gonna talk about guitar. Yeah. Gear, stupid. Okay. Where's your LeBaron, Freddie? Where's your LeBaron? Yeah, you're jealous. <laughs> I miss the I miss the I miss uh the songs that Tom would sing though. Wasn't he Tom was the other singer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was like the main singer, right? And then everybody was like, Yeah, he sounded like Jim. we gotta have Jim sing. He Sorry, sounded Tom. like face sounds like face to face or like more He uh, sounds like kind of like small brown bike or kinda. hot water music, like a weaker hot water music singer. No, like a better, not weaker. Yeah, but not a, like the guy from hot water music seems tougher to me than Tom. <laughs> I miss him singing. I, w- I wish I wish I don't get rosin like he's gone by the time he he's gone after clarity, right? No, Tom is still he's still in the band. Yeah, but he doesn't sing any songs anymore. He probably does. Yeah, he probably does backups. Am I right, rosin? I'm trying to think. I feel like he does sing. No, I don't think he sings any songs past. Yeah, he just does like backup vocals after he's clarity. Just, backup vocals only. Well, you I don't know, know for sure, but that's what I feel. It's a bummer because he's he was great in uh, on Clarity and I I like this. I wonder if he can song still so- sing like if uh, like if he uses it. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? I know like one of the biggest additions like in the past three four years, they added a guy named Robin, um, who does. Is he an offstage guitarist? He's he's offstage. He does keyboards and vocals and and all that, but he's actually really really good. Um, they've done some really cool harmonies with, with Jim and, and then Tom too. Um, but at the Phoenix sessions with the, they did the clarity 
futures and surviving live um the the robin guy did a great job like like all of the fans have been like super impressed um with his back his back is he, is he seriously off stage though i don't get why he's, anybody he's does on that stage he's, he's on like stage. But, but he's probably like half on half off I hate, I, mean, I hate just, when they do the offstage guys. It's like, what's yeah, the point? Like the Green Day guy. Like, sometimes right. you see him, like, oh, there he is. Yeah, I've never understood that personally. I know, like, so for right now, Newfound Glory uses uh, William Ryan Key of, of Yellow Card. And they just they, let like, him be on stage. Yeah. But behind yeah. you, like, I don't, I don't know why they put him. Like, there's so many bands that put him so far left or so far right, right. where they're like peeking out. Yeah. Like, why did they do that? Or they like put him behind an amp. So, like, oh, just get back the there. Head. Okay. Yeah. We need you to play yeah. a guitar, but get the fuck back there and don't step out. Okay. Yeah. I saw when I think Biffy Clyro, when I saw them, there was like, uh, it was like the three, they're a three piece. And then I think it was Biffy Clyro. There was like some fat dude with a Hawaiian shirt that was like behind stage. <laughs> and I remember like he, at one point, he just couldn't help himself. He got into it and he like did a kick with his leg. And I was like, oh, and that's the singer why. said, so why don't you? Never mind. Fuck. Bad drop. Go ahead. Oh. But yeah. yeah. I never understood the offstage. Hopefully, yeah, it's, hopefully it's Robin. To me. If I was Robin's an offstage guy, I'd just fucking quit. I'd be like, whatever, dude. They probably get paid pretty well, though. Because usually if you got an offstage guy, you're, you're a pretty rich band. You're making money, so you're probably paying the guy pretty good. Yeah. What if you're like an offstage saxophone guy? I don't know. You're still off stage. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what <laughs> instrument you're playing. Now, usually, if you if you got a sax solo, usually you go you go front and center. Yeah, you got to go front and center and get the emotion going. For uh, for Jimmy's last album, Surviving, um, they actually had the sax in the song, um, and they played it on a few t- like tonight shows, and they had the sax live, I believe, which is pretty awesome. Have you ever had sax live? Sax man. Yeah, I can't believe how good Surviving is. Uh, Nick, you really need to listen to it. It came out and we teleported from 2019. I will you now. Watch that. You should watch that video. Too. The only other album I listened to, I didn't I didn't listen to... Jay, what songs made you feel something when you were a teenager? Did you cry to any songs? What were good breakup songs for you from Jimmy and World? Nick is so so intense with my emo- getting my emotions out there. Because like, nobody wants to hear us talk. Like, yeah, they're like, yeah, I know what albums they released, dude. Uh, I know what Jimmy World is about. We're talking about gear. Talk about porn. Yeah, uh, what kind of bass did he play on the Seinfeld track? That was a Schechter. Dude, speaking of bass players... um. I can't stop. I don't know why, but YouTube keeps recommending me to watch uh, Mudvayne's Dig album, which yeah. M- Mudvayne's like a new metal, but yeah, yeah, I remember the song. That's not it. Wait, no, Mudvayne is like way crazier and weird. Yeah, it's like bing. They were like the the dudes, you know. That they're were back. Like, they're, I think that's why it's recommending yeah. it to you. But dude, so I watched. I ended up watching like the making of the Mudvayne video, all the different. <laughs> footage that was made for that video and that bass player is like incredible but he's also really wild so Mudvayne might be better than Les Claypool you heard it here first yeah so I kind of went off on a, a non-Jimmy I love oh, it also, I don't want to be straight we're a little too straight today we're kind of, this is a really boring episode so far 
great. Nick, that's what you that's what you said about the the bands that need more love and it ended up being really great. So you yeah, because I edited it great, like I will with that. <laughs> We're just gonna. <laughs> get so mad when <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna cut to the chase. You, you just want to be like, "Fuck you, dude." Okay, you can say <laughs> that. I don't care. We're friends. You can tell me to fuck off. We're gonna cut to the chase. Nick and I played eighteen holes of golf today. We're quite tired. Jay, we're tired. Was shitting his <laughs> pants and throwing up all day yesterday. Dude, you know what else pisses me off besides Nick? um when you get when you get when you get in your car and your phone automatically connects and it starts playing music and it's fucking u2 songs of innocence because every single person in the world that has an iphone has that fucking album does it, it go does it so really mad. go straight to that for you not every time it just yeah, mine just it, goes to whatever was up on spotify when i got out of the car my mine just randomly throws it on and it's always, i'm always like why is this playing right now and then it ends up being you too i figured out a way to delete it that song like that song with or without you is really good such a good song yeah I but think, i don't but i hate them i don't like them there's some, first, there's some youtube bangers for sure but yeah but they but they're just on my phone all i, didn't I want, want is them. you from reality bite soundtrack ethan yeah. hawk winona rider when i when i first heard jimmy i actually thought about you too they that the delays on the guitars and stuff that's what i was thinking i was like this reminds me of you too i didn't really know why anyone else hear that or not so is you too your favorite band <laughs> maybe in a past life it's a beautiful day is jim atkins bono no jim atkins is way cooler than bono right Jay, what are some Jimmy World songs <laughs> that really helped you get through uh, a breakup? If there are any, or like, what can give me something real from your life that ties to the music, man? Come on, man. Let me bring you up to speed. Oh, no, that's like, that's, that's putting me on the spot quite a bit. Um, I can edit it. Don't worry. Cool. So Jimmy World is from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, their name is Jimmy <laughs> World. Uh, they're from they're from Mesa, actually. Oh, sorry, Mesa. Um, they have an album called Static Prevails. Then they have an album called Clarity. Then they have an album called Bleed American. Wow, cool, what Nick. a great podcast! I can't wait till we do this without Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. I think you're wrong. I think it, I thought it was going great. And I thought we talked about our friendship, me and Chris. And then every yeah, time. Maybe we, that's why I got jealous because I wasn't included in the middle school, high school friendship. Yeah. Do you guys think you would be my friend if we were when we were in high school, when you were in high school? Like, remember me freshman year of college. Do you think you would be my friend in high school? Yeah, you might have been too cool for us. I would have. I would have been like, I want to be friends with that guy, but I don't know. You might not like me. I think I would have been your friend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'd be good good buds. We were because I liked you guys stuff. a lot, like right away. Jay gave me a hug, and I loved it. It was great. Rosen yeah. forced me to be his friend, and I loved it. It was great. Yeah, we we were pretty much the same dudes in high school that we were in college. So yeah, we would have been friends. Uh, a backstory of how how we really all three of us met each other was. German lived down about four or five dorms down from us at Eastern Michigan University. No, two. I lived like two away. Two? 
Yeah. Two, to two doors down. Two doors to your right. You were two to my left. And and I went up to the guy just because he looked really cool. And I was like, dude, we're going to be friends one day. And Nick looked at me and he's like, it's the weirdest thing that I've ever heard anyone say. Uh, yeah, and I was like, well, prove it. Yeah, but you're like, there's something about it that he looked at me and he's like, I, I trust you. And uh, at the time, he was hanging out with... <laughs> Wait, did you see it in my eyes? I trust you. I I thought German was like a farmer from Grand Rapids um, because he's always wearing flannel and plaid. And I was like, this guy, I know he was born on a farm, but he's still going to be really cool. And we just got (laughs) to hang out. So at this time, like Nick, Nick was always hanging out with this, this one girl or whatever. But like, we couldn't get him away. It's like, man, we got to steal him from her. And uh, eventually we did, which was great. But um it was super funny. We we had two bunks and a futon, and German slept on the bottom bunk. I slept on the top bunk, and Jay slept on the futon of his own his own dorm room. Um, and then German had a roommate that was two doors down, and then he just got his own dorm. But it was basically just I mean all bets. Yeah, because Jay would me and Jay always like to talk to each other before we as we fell asleep. So I just always stayed in the extra bed. And right. then everybody in the dorms thought we were all gay together. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. And we're, yeah. I was just like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Not that there's, there's, not, not there's nothing wrong with that. I remember gay seeing gay people in the morning, like, walking for your, from your guys' room to my room to, like, take a shower. And feeling weird, like, because people would give me shit about it. And I was just like, we're best friends. I don't care. Like, you guys got to get over it. Yeah. So freshman year, we, we were the ones that had the original Nintendo. So we really were the coolest people in the dorms. Like everyone wanted to borrow our Nintendo. And and then somebody we, borrowed Jay's PlayStation 2 permanently. <laughs> and he said, I don't see my <laughs> PS2. <laughs> yeah, that was our, terrible. Our, our, our dorm got broken into. And the only thing that was, take, that was taken, Jay's bass was there. I think I had a guitar there. The only thing that was taken was a PS2 at the time. They were like valuable. They were probably worth like $250. And no, then I had like I had like thirty games, dude. Like yeah, I'm still I'm games, still yeah. I'm still super bummed about that. Like so I like the video game right market right now. Like yeah, that was probably like a thousand dollars worth of stuff that I could sell right now. If I, I still might have my PlayStation Two and games in the basement here. Well, they're like going up in value because of COVID and stuff. Yeah, totally I should bummer. sell it. I get so upset. But that's yeah, that's just a little backstory of the uh, the friendship and. Uh, how we came to came to meet and, and i guess you could to, to throw a jimmy rolden lyric in there it'd be like where did we ever meet right and uh praise why course. did we ever meet yeah so that's that's why we. and met. then i met you guys and you're like kickstart my rock and rolling heart and then that, i was like does kickstart my rock and rolling heart something like that yeah, i'm really bad at the lyric game yeah, me but too. then uh my, my cousin Jim. used to think in yeah. sweetness that he said, instead of string from the tether on lines, he thought they said straight from the Taliban lines. Yeah. Because I, I the Taliban yeah, yeah, was like yeah. the war was going on and they were always talking about them. And my cousin thought they said that. I was like, that, that's crazy. Which song is that in? S- sweetness. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought like, I was like, what is he saying? There was yeah. a dude in my high school that campaigned his own nickname to be Sweetness. This is before the song is out, right? And that right. same dude dated my friend Melissa that I was hanging out freshman year. She was a freshman a year before. And that same dude 
was like dating her and he told her he goes yeah my name's sweetness like the song uh my nickname's sweetness so call me sweetness like that song by jimmy world and i was like that guy is so fucking stupid i didn't i he gave himself his own nickname and even in high school people were like dude we're not gonna call you sweetness that was uh that was walter payton's nickname yeah, but this dude from my high school was definitely not sweetness. Yeah, I used to call myself the lumberyard and nobody else did. <laughs> did you really? No. <laughs> What's up, lumberyard? <laughs> Jay, um, Jay always wanted to be called snowshoes, so I stored them in, in my phone as snowshoes. Why snowshoes? I don't think I ever really wanted to. I think we were trying to come up with what would be good nicknames. And Racing was... jet skis? That's a good one. I, I think the conversation was, hey, Chris, I, you know what would be cool? If people started calling me snowshoes. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I think that's about all I got on Jimmy at World. Jimmy the last, World. What else do we got? That's it. Last, last album I listened to was Invented, and I listened to it while I painted my new house. And uh, every time I listen to it, I think about painting because that was when I listened to it. Cool. I think if you're going to see Jimmy, <laughs> I, I think if you're ever going to see Jimmy Earl live, I think you got to see him in the smallest club possible. I think that's the best. I saw him at St. Andrews. Oh, yeah. I saw him at St. Andrews on the reschedule because, okay, they were supposed to play Detroit at St. Andrews. September 11th. On September 11th, 2001. And then, you know, September 11th happened. So they canceled the show. And then I didn't have tickets for the original September 11th show, but my friend Mary Beth needed a ride to the rescheduled show, and she gave me a ticket, and it still said September 11, 2001 on it. And I want—I should have kept it. I didn't think about it because that probably would have been, I don't know, historic in multiple ways. But, yeah, the rescheduled show was, like, for later in the winter, and it was great. They were great. But I, th- right. I wanted them to play Crush, and I don't think they did. Right, we we could we could look up that set list sometime. Um, so yeah, I was oh. at that concert. I was at that concert too. Um, the original concert, Hey Mercedes, was actually supposed to open up, and it was on yeah September 11th. And I remember being, I remember like that was all I was looking forward to. I was like, I'm gonna go see Jimmy Eat Roll after school today. This is gonna be the best day ever. And then it was like the worst day ever. And then that's obviously, you know, the yeah. world took a different a different step um, to the wrong direction after that. But um, yeah, I think it was like mid-December. Um, we got to go see the, the rescheduled Jimmy Eat, Eat World show. And I, I was trying to think of who the opener was. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. remember either. Yeah. I'd like to, I wonder if it was like a local band. Um, did Few and Far Between open it? They did at one point. I don't know if it was that show. but I remember yeah. there was a band called the Audio Biography. Maybe it was them. Yeah. I, I feel like I saw it. I don't know if it was the Michigan State show. But I, I think Rescue opened up for, for Jimmy at one point. I don't remember which show, though. But yeah, because yeah, Rescue yeah. was hot. Like, people loved Rescue. Yeah, I think that was the Lansing show we went to, was it? Rescue. I saw him in a pretty small venue, um, the Palace of Auburn Hills. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's only like 300,000 people or something. Right? Yeah, but that was, su- that was <laughs> 50, super weird. 000. That was super weird to see Jimmy at World in, like, an arena. It was weird to see Green Day too, but I mean, yeah, it was what was it? Jimmy, Jimmy World, Green Day, and Blank, or was it Jimmy no, World? It was Jimmy. It was Imagine Dragons. Jimmy uh, World. It was, it was not Yuck. dumb. 
Yeah, it was. Today, Rosin told me today that he likes Imagine Dragons. I don't they're like the worst. Them. I love they're them. horrible. Yeah, it was Rosin. 2005. I think it was Imagine Dragons. I'm not. I'm not lying. Nobody knew who they were. Like it was before anybody knew them. They're like, what is this stupid That's dragon junk? No, no, it's a different dragon band. Imagine Dragons weren't around then. Dragon Force. In 2005. Dragon Force. <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't Imagine Dragons. It was like Remember the Dragon or something. Remember the Dragon was a band name? Can we, we could look it up. Look it up right now. Just type in like Green Day. It was like one of those tour it was like a concert sponsored by Honda. You know, the the, the, the Honda Green, Civic Tour. I saw the, Elkline Trio on the Honda Civic Tour. Right. Yeah, the maybe Green Imagine, Day. Maybe they were oh no, yeah. They toured with Green Day. I don't know if it was this one though. I don't know. Maybe not. Was it with Weezer? Did they open for Weezer? Like Jimmy? No, it, maybe Weezer? it was just maybe it was just Jimmy at World and Green Day. And I was mistaken when Imagine Dragons was at the palace for a different arena band that I saw. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rosin essentially went to see Imagine Dragons at the palace. <laughs> what an idiot. I had a good time. I had a nice time. Yeah. Speak for yourself, moron. So I saw Jimmy World open up for Incubus at Pine Knob DT, whatever the heck it's called. And I, I didn't like. I, I for me that was just not the type of environment I want to see Jimmy. Like I never want just, to see music outdoors ever. It always yeah. sounds horrible. Yeah, the bass just sounds like it explodes, and uh, the, you get this drum reverb echo thing going on. It's just never like. I mean, if you like being outdoors and just drinking beer, then it's probably a great time. But if you're like really into the music and you want to like, you know, really get in, like just experience the fullest yeah outdoors 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 disaster yeah some people love it though you know some people like there's nothing like you know that's like their thing like yeah people who just like to like party or are hippies they love outdoor music right because it's not about the music to them they're just like yeah let's all get together yeah i'd say uh so last time i saw jimmy was the surviving tour which they only i guess jimmy usually for touring for an album, they'll usually put on about three or 400 shows. And for surviving, they only got to put on about probably less than 40 shows. I got to see Jimmy, um, you know, with the surviving release. And I believe it was November of 2019. And that was awesome. It was really, really good show. And they, they played um, it, almost if you could take like two songs from every one of their albums, they put it all together and they probably played like 22, 23 songs. And it was great. I mean, you got Static Prevails, you got The Clarity, um, The Clarity. Surviving. Uh, what else did they do? Um, I don't know if they did anything from Damage or not, but uh, yeah, I mean, a good representation for if you've been following them from the beginning, you got a, a good taste from everything that they've done. So. Um, that was one of the best times I've seen them. They were, um, the club was pretty small. Club was pretty small. And I mean, I thought that was, you know, the performance was lights out. So, yeah. You see, and then they, they released those, uh, virtual concerts. Right. Year. Yeah. I wanted to watch the clarity one, but I heard it was great. I didn't watch it. Rosin, you watched it, right? Yeah, it was great. I'm hoping that they release, um, like a DVD something yeah maybe youtube yeah i I don't know i i know they i think they're in talks to do some more versions of those depending on whether that are able to tour in real life or not 
Um, but yeah, I thought they, they did a really nice job. I think what was special about those uh, performances is that they made them um, almost like a movie-like quality. Um, so it was more than just a live performance. It was, you know, you could see every person on stage, you know, throughout each song. Um, you, you, you felt, I mean, you weren't at the concert, but it was about as close as you could get to feeling like you are, you're, you know, part of their, part of the performance, which I thought was kind of neat. Final thoughts on Jimmy Eat World. Final thoughts on Jimmy Eat World. Uh, I'll say Clarity is great, hands down, forever, timeless, really holds up. I still like Bleed American, too. There's just something about the songs on Clarity that still really affects me. It can take me back to when I was younger, and it still makes sense even with things in my life today. I definitely get chills still when I listen to that record. That's interesting. Uh, For Bleed American, I almost feel like that's kind of like a guilty pleasure. I always, when I click on it, on Spotify or listen to the CD, I always feel like a little, a little guilty pleasure. I'm yeah, like, oh because my we still have that thing of like they sold out because they got yeah. big, but they didn't sell right. out. They were already on a major label before, right? You know, yeah, and they paid and they paid for that whole thing out of pocket. It's crazy. Yeah, it was like right. a huge risk. It was, and it and it saved them. There wouldn't be anything else after that if it wasn't for them doing that. Yeah, they saved if, their uh, ass. If if they didn't have the song the middle that band might have dissipated um which is crazy to think of like we would have never got futures we would have never got chase the light i think they would have um, still kept making music because you know they were they, already they, a band that was grinding back you know with uh static prevails when they were touring but, on that stuff but they might have like like as far as like monetary wise or just just financially whatever they might they might have had to go get jobs um you know if, if that middle hadn't put them to the next you know cushion or over, kind of the over the top stratosphere yeah no it's for real i mean when you really think about it because they like they, they didn't really have a record label um so there would have been no like you know no, to just go put out the, albums the middle didn't get big until it was the record was out which meaning they had a record label and then the record label pays for the music video and then payola to the radio stations and everything so that's you know the cool thing is that they recorded the album not knowing if what was going to happen with it. And then the label got it and they blew up. Right. They didn't release their own singles. And then a label picked it up. So you you're saying, saying? They, they didn't have it that hard. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's difficult to be like, okay, we're going to make this record as best we can. We don't know what's going to happen with it. It's nicer if you're like, yeah, we already have you know, this is the second album in our deal. Uh, so we know it's going to be put out. You know, it's nicer to know that it's coming out. Right. If it's, you're a real guess, musician, you're still going to make the record. It doesn't matter if it's coming out or not. You can put it right. on yourself. It's just, it's funny to empathize. Like, you know, these, these, this band having this tough time being on this major label. And then, you know, I think most people would kill for that, right? Like, even if you, even if the label doesn't do anything for you, it's like, hey, we're on the biggest label. Yeah, I'm, my North thing America. is always like, find somebody to put the record out, so we don't have to pay to put it out. You know, right? If you can do that, I think it's a success. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they've been my favorite band for a long time. There's a there's a big catalog to get through. There's a lot of Jim Atkins that you can listen to, 
Um, I think the first, the first three, first four are really important albums to me. Um, you know, Static Prevails, Clarity. I guess that's the, the second through whatever. Sorry. But um, Static Prevails, Clarity, Bleed American and Futures. I don't know if it's nostalgia or it's just meaningful to me and really connected on a lot of drives and stuff with them. But they'll always be my favorite band. Um, I'll have a lot of catching up to do on some of the later albums. Um, but I'm glad that they're still doing it nearly 30 years later and just looking forward to what they come out with next. Yeah, I agree. It is a bit of a nice feeling just to know that Jimmy World is still releasing music, you know, whether I'm going to listen to it or not. I like to know that they're still out there. Like to see that, oh, Jimmy World is touring. Like that feels good for some reason, whether I'm going to go to the show or not. Like they're definitely a band I root for, even if I don't know all their later stuff yet, you know? Yeah. Just wait till Jim Atkins on American Idol as the judge. Give it like 10 years. I would watch American Idol if that was the case. <laughs> I was Matt more Pryor. of a The Voice guy. I was really into The Voice for a couple of years. Yeah. Huh. Rosin, final thoughts? Final thoughts. I, I Man, just I, I don't know how many songs they've released as a as a catalog, um, but I would say that the vast majority of the songs are my favorite. Um they have so many like unreleased songs, uh, uh, kind of non-core albums, if you will. To stay on my side, uh, EP. I think there's five songs in that. Uh, we didn't even get a chance to really rip through that at all today, but um, that's a, just a fantastic listen. If, if, if listeners really are, you know, um, they've done some covers that are, are super interesting. I think there's the song "Game of Pricks." Um, I can't remember if it's closer or, or which which song. Game of Pricks is a cover. It's yeah, like Guided by Voices, right? Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean they do a really cool job. They've co- they've covered Andrew WK's Party Hard. Um, I, I don't know. They do Last they, Christmas, right? We talked about that. Yeah, by by Wham. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I definitely. Uh, I, I hope that listeners are, have heard of heard of Jimmy Rolled um but you know definitely just, jimmy jimmy what yeah i still can't say it but jimmy um our old j-e-w-j-e-w-j-u jimmy eat world world yeah i mean hopefully just uh you know she says people will understand them maybe a little bit more as musicians and, and people and uh yeah just really respect their, their the work that they put out nice well we appreciate everybody checking out Happy the podcast uh check us out on instagram and uh trying to do this once a week as best we can what's our instagram handle it's, uh speak for yourself moron yeah it's just at speak for yourself moron and yeah out there's to- no and it's not a, it's not a number it's for yep. shout out, shout out to charmer we uh we appreciate your love oh we all had to say bye-bye we didn't oh. say goodbye, so let's get to that. And that's the bottom line. All right, bye-bye, so, guys. Bye-bye, guys. Just bye-bye. say goodbye.